everyone and welcome to this episode when push comes to shove we are delighted to have the gorgeous jess here who is a birth keeper and mother and we're going to be talking all about your birth journey your birth keeping journey and what's going on with you right now so welcome thank you for joining us and would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself yeah sure thank you for having me it's lovely to be here and um, I've been following the campaign and it's just really, really powerful and important work I think you guys are doing. It's super special to me because obviously you're part of it and you're just down the road and one of my doula sisters and I'm really, really super proud of you. So it's amazing work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, so I kind of have been hanging back in the wings, like watching what you guys have been doing and thinking should I see if Carly wants to interview me or not? And it's taken me a while to, I suppose, have the courage to speak. And um, I think, you know, that's true for many people, especially women that are in, like, pregnant or um, women in society and marginalised groups. It's difficult for people to speak. And I think that it's really important that we have these conversations to share our own experiences and voices to help other people so I am a mother of three so I've got three I think they're young but they're not they're so not young anymore <laughs> three young-ish kids and um, I have been a birth worker now for my middle one seven so really his birth is what started off my journey so probably six years because I didn't really work for a year after I'd had him um, and I've been a doula now for just over four years um so yeah so I, I mean I don't I don't feel like I'm you know at the pinnacle of knowledge of the birth world but I feel quite at home here now it's quite a nice place to be absolutely and we both trained with developing doulas didn't we so we are part of the DD family we like to call it the developing doulas family um, yeah absolutely and I think Maddie who um she's such an amazing woman she is such an inspiration and really sold it to me to train with developing doulas yeah and I think you know for anybody that comes across this and is thinking about training as a birth worker or getting stuff out of doing that training you don't necessarily even have to become like a birth worker mm. just doing the training will change your life like it's that transformational um, and Maddie is just an absolutely delicious human. So developing doulas is amazing. It's lovely being a sisterhood as well, isn't it? Because I think there's a, quite a lot of us locally. Obviously, Maddie's reasonably local to us. But when I first trained, there was nobody in, in our local area. So it's been really, really nice over the past few years. It's like the doula community's grown. And it's such a wonderful community, so supportive of each other. So how have you found your doulaing through COVID? How has that been for you? So I first went on call in COVID last March. So I was literally like right in the thick of the first lockdown when I went on call. And what's that? So I've been sharing care for quite a while because of my young family. And I do do births on my own now. But I think it was only like, my second or third birth that I'd done on my own for like two years or something so it felt massive for me but also it was so huge a time to support people you know but 
these things are so funny the way that they work aren't they because I actually haven't been in hospital for, for a year I haven't I haven't been to a hospital birth I haven't I haven't been in that setting for a year which is has never happened to me before and I think that that is really telling of the situation that we're in and has maybe opened doors for people to birth at home fully in their power that they perhaps wouldn't have even gone knocking on mm -hmm. should we have not been in this situation so on the one hand that's been really positive I do like to find positives out of things but you know at the same time it's been extremely stressful being pregnant and birthing so our job's been even more important to be able to hold that um, together and really provide that continuity because you know as well as I do that especially postnatally god it's just such a difficult time for people accessing that support and that care and that peer-to-peer -peer support that sisterhood you know breastfeeding support groups just talking to people and I think people are going more on social media because they're missing people aren't they especially when you've got a new baby and I think in one way that's really positive but in other ways we all know that social media shines things up a little bit yeah. so it can actually make you feel more lonely or that person's baby is sleeping or that person's baby seems really calm all the time when actually if you were sitting in a room full of people that had gone through a feeding support group you would see their tears you would see their babies crying, you know, it normalised that for you. Whereas it's almost sugar-coated when it's on the internet, I think, a little to a certain extent. But yeah, I've been really lucky to support some wonderful families over the past year, all with very different journeys, who have, they're just warriors, aren't they? <laughs> to birth in this situation. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really interesting because a lot of people think that doulas generally only deal with home births or free births or someone's birthing in a field somewhere but actually predominantly a lot of our work is in hospitals and so like yourself I haven't stepped foot in a hospital for a year my last hospital birth was two days before the lockdown came in <laughs> so it's been quite a while and I've been doing lots of home births I absolutely love the home births I really really do I think women are able to really like you said find the power within themselves and have these empowered beautiful goddess-like births yeah i mean the last time i was in hospital i think was lockdown i never got to do the postnatal face to face right so it was literally just before lockdown and that was in hospital so lucky um because you know some people want to be in hospital but they need to do it with them and I, and and their partner and i think that's where it's been really heartbreaking for some people, like the people that I've supported luckily have got to a place of feeling comfortable that they want to be at home and that's been their choice once they've researched and looked into it and you know I've held that space for them and we've had plans up our sleeve for what if yeah. I go into hospital and we've had negotiations with consultant midwives and things like that just in case but they've ended up wanting to be at home because they've seen the benefit of that but where it's dangerous I think is where people were then forced to, to birth without the support that they actually need and without that continuity yeah. and it, it's just not a question we should be asking people people want that may want their partner there it shouldn't be a question of 
do you do you want that emotional and physical support that you need during birth or do you want your birth partner and sometimes those two things aren't the same thing um and you know as you know doulas are there for the birth partner as well hospital let's face it can be a really scary place when you're given birth we're more needed in hospital so so much more um but obviously you can only go in if then you choose not to have your partner at the moment which is fairly fairly heartbreaking absolutely i brought up free birth just now as well and i find that really interesting at the moment that there's a quite a rise in free birth I feel really sad about that because as a doula, I support free birth. I absolutely adore free birth, but it should come from a place of complete informed consent. And we're seeing a lot of people scared to go into hospital, scared that they can't have their doula or their husband or whoever with them. And so they're choosing to free birth out of fear. And we both know that birthing in any form of fear is not conducive to a great birth outcome. Do you... Do you support free births? Is that something that you would do? I haven't supported a free birth yet. I would, I, it depends. Like that's like saying, um, I, you know, would you support a cesarean birth? Like, of course I would support a cesarean birth. Like it doesn't have to fit with, with what I would do or what I perceive to be safe, but I would have to ensure that like I would for anything that it was an informed decision that it was actually coming from a place of power not like you know a place of a place of fear and that they were fully informed of what they were taking on and just like everyone else like an accountant would need their contract to say yes my client has signed off their accounts before they send them to HR um oh god HRMC but um, we have to do the same thing because that's the world that we live in. So I think as long as that person knew that I was there for emotional and practical support, then that would be fine. Um, I, you know, maybe there is a, a rise in free births, but I wonder whether those rise in three free births are from people who just want their doula and their birth partner with them. Because I think that that generally sees a rise in home births with their continuity team because it's it's a huge step to go from you know hospital birth to free birth mm -hmm. where essentially you've not got any medical support i don't believe birth needs medical help but i think that it helps people to feel comfortable sometimes when they know that they've got somebody there and I think as well, it shows the difference between what we consider a midwife now. Mm. Yeah? Because wow. I can't, like, I wouldn't use the term midwife to represent myself. But historically, we would have been called midwives. We were lay midwives. Mm -hmm. And actually, the skill set that we now see so much in midwifery coming through is supporting the more challenging situations where you need medical support, which are few and far between, but because of the practice it's and where you birth and all the different factors are becoming much, much more common. And, you know, undisturbed birth, I wonder truly if the midwives that I work with have ever seen an undisturbed birth. It's very yeah. rare for midwives, um, especially in a hospital setting, because they have all guidelines 
Yeah. And so I don't think it's about whether people are choosing to free birth or not. I think the home birth rate, certainly in our area, in North Hearts, the home birth rate's gone up. And I'm really, really proud of that. And I'm proud of the team, but I'm also proud of like the people that are supporting these people like us, you know, because we're doing an awesome job to support them and have confidence to then birth at home. But yeah, I think to free birth, that's a huge decision. And I think that it's more than being fearful of not having your partner or doula with you or going into hospital. The fear has to be there of, of the medicalization of childbirth, I think. The fear of your care provider actually interfering with your birth rather than facilitating it. And I like to think that that is where free birth is driven from and a place of power and actually harnessing that fear and working through it and then turning it into power. Because actually, we need to do so much work before we birth. You know, I know, um, this isn't a light thing. This isn't just a, let's do a hypnobirthing course and all our problems will be solved. We will get some fairy lights and everything will be fine. Um, this is deep, deep work. I, it's work that should be started before we're even pregnant. Absolutely. And this is work that we're having to do because of how we're brought up, because of as a society, how we view women, how we view childbirth, um, how we view the value of ourselves in society. And there's all kinds of different issues that you don't realise will then affect your journey to becoming a mother. Um, and for some people, that's just too big. It's too huge. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and that's fine because that's their decision. But I do tend to work with people who sometimes don't know it yet but are ready to like step into that journey mm. um, which is wonderful to see that transformation that metamorphosis yeah. as we use that term from kind of being cocooned and in your cocoon and then opening up to a wonderful beautiful butterfly and there's nothing that I love more than doing that and if that then turns into a free birth oh yeah I'm there <laughs> but it has to be it has to be right for the person and I think that it can be damaging to give free birth as an answer or a you know this is an opportunity for you you know you can consider free birth to be the ultimate of power went for, or you know you're going to be safer to free birth for some people I think that can be dangerous in itself. You know, we've had midwives for millennia. We have. And they have a wonderful, wonderful skill set. Mm. It is just such a shame that we can't choose our midwives and that we don't have continuity of carer because that makes such a huge impact on the birth experience. And even home birth midwives might not be right for you. It's like, hiring a doula right you if you're hiring a doula you'll speak to a few doulas or you'll do a bit of research around them and some will be right and some won't be right yet you're expected just to birth with these strangers that come into your yeah room that's because they have the label of a midwife yeah but some of them just aren't right for you they're just not um yeah but the wise ones the elders who aren't necessarily old are just wonderful they're a wonderful gift 
And then that's a sisterhood too. That's a sisterhood for doulas to be working with midwives like we would have since the beginning of time, you know, as sisters holding, holding that birth in person in circle with wisdom and guidance. And that's how we should be working. We see a lot of that in independent midwifery and doulas supporting together. Have you done any support with independent midwives? No, because actually around here, I think there, there isn't that many, but mm. also my clients, they don't tend to have a lot of money flying around for investments. And I think for a lot of them, I provide that continuity. And we talk about independent midwifery, but also, you know, it's got its challenges in the UK at the moment. Yeah, well, at the moment they're not working at all, are they? Yeah. Well, unless they stick two fingers up to the system, mm -hmm. take it on the chin and do it without insurance, you know, but also unless they're part of private midwives mm -hmm. or, you know, an umbrella organisation. And honestly, in my bones, that doesn't feel independent to me. Hmm. that is part of an organization and I just think that we as doulas work independently I, I answer to my clients I do whatever my clients want me to do I don't answer to anyone else I don't want to answer to anyone else yeah. because I'm here to serve them and I think that when you put into the mix another organization even if it's not controlled by the government and institution you change the way that people work mm -hmm. I do believe that so I think and and conversely I think that some of the midwives that I've worked with on the NHS they're better than mm -hmm. some private midwives because the way that they practice and the fierce protection mm -hmm. of some of my clients that I've seen from the teams that I've worked with is wonderful but even within teams it can differ so again I think it goes down to the individual yeah it's very individualized isn't it yeah just wanted to ask you about the birth keeper doula name yeah so you're switching over to preferring to use the term birth keeper over the term doula can you explain your reasoning behind this yeah, I mean, on my social media, I call myself a doula, but in the, like, blurb, I call myself a birth keeper. Actually, I think the term doula, since, definitely since I've trained, more people know what a doula is. It's not as weird, you know. People, Some people now, I say what I do, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you still have the odd person. I was at the opticians the other day, and they asked me what I did, and I got some very bizarre looks when I told them. But I love that. <laughs> I like to dramatise it as much as possible just to um, yeah, start talking about vaginas and vulvas in the opticians. It's always good for a bit of entertainment. But I, I think of myself as a birth keeper because I trust birth and I know birth. And we, as women, have different archetypes about us, different parts of ourselves so at different stages of our lives these different archetypes will become prevalent and and even day to day month to month year to year that will happen and a birth keeper to me really like is a tip of the hat 
to that wisdom that comes with the maga, the crone part of yourself. And you can carry that. You don't have to be old or postmenopausal to bring that energy into what you do. You can hold that energy throughout your life um, as you can with maiden as well. The term birthkeeper to me, it shows that you're carrying that wisdom. You've walked this path and it's bigger than just supporting a birth. We are trusted keepers of birth. Mm. We are keeping birth alive. That's what we do as birth keepers. We, and we innately trust birth because we've seen it and we know and we've facilitated it for people and we've seen women and people come into their power when they've been birthing. And it's that overwhelming trust over anything that we know that our bodies work and we trust that process and it doesn't need to be fixed. That is the most beautiful description I think I've ever heard anyone say about being a birthkeeper. <laughs> that was That's being, so powerful. being a birthkeeper is really important work. It's huge. We need it. Our daughters, our sons, our children, they need it. And we are keepers of this wisdom. It belongs to everybody, but it needs to be nourished and looked after and it needs to be tended to and it needs to be shared. And we are the keepers of that. And it's a wonderful calling to have. And it's huge, huge work. Mm. And it's not just a case of going to work and coming home again I live and breathe birth it, like it's not just my job it is my life yeah. like yes I'm a mother yes I'm a wife I'm a sister I'm a friend but my but birth is we woven through all of that all of that and that wisdom and that energy is woven through all of that in all of my relationships and everything that I do and everything that I read and study and soak up and share you know and those ripples that then go out because of that that's where we create power in people and change it is a real calling isn't it it's a soul calling yeah yeah it is and once you're called that's it you're yeah. <laughs> you're locked into it definitely yeah. but and as well I, I still use the term doula in because I am a birth keeper and I do fiercely protect birth but I also doula and I see those as different things because I doula I am a doula yeah. day and night I doula my children, I doula my husband, I doula my friends, I doula my family. You know, I doula my doula sisters when they need doula in. Absolutely. I doula through, I didn't never realise until maybe a couple of years ago that a doula isn't just for birth, a doula is for life. Um, so I prefer, like, I like the term life doula. I doula people through conception and 
early pregnancy I do look people through losing their babies through miscarriage um and we do I do look people through illness or illness in their family grief loss death and change you know we we birth change death it's all so cyclical mm. it's not just about birth but being a birth keeper gives you the wisdom to support through all of these transitions and for some people that won't have babies don't want babies you know their babies are their work their babies are their projects their babies are their travels or their home and they still need doula in and it's all transferable and it's being able to harness that power and that wisdom to facilitate through those changes and use your innate wisdom to really achieve what you want to achieve and trust who you are. And so doulaing is day in, day out. Actually at home, my kids call me a pooler because I doula them through pooing as well. <laughs> And my husband, I golf doula him. Before he goes to play golf, I doula him. And if I don't, he doesn't play as well. <laughs> so I'm joking, but it's just, it's a sprinkling of magic in, in that. And you know, you just know when it's someone's a doula. Everywhere, the same. Yeah, but you, you just know when someone's a doula, you know. Yeah. And it's more than just being able to signpost, which is a great skill, or being able to provide emotional support. I think doulas are empathetic. You know, they can read people. They feel like I feel what other people are feeling. I, when I'm with somebody birthing, I can sometimes feel what's happening in their bodies. Yeah. And I know that might sound weird, but we build up this connection with people and then that enables me to support and draw the wisdom in to be able to really, really go deeper with that continuity and be able to just know what they want without them even speaking, know what they need. Yeah, intuitively. Yeah, and, and that goes down to things they might want to consider antenatally, postnatally, whether they might want to call in a herbalist or I don't know a homeopath or something different but not really feeling into what they actually need because it's so different for every single one of them I can remember actually last year um it was my that was my last client before lockdown I you know I knew what was going on for her because there's a big transition before people birth and sometimes people get really stuck in that and they need to help to kind of let go and release and surrender and I knew that she needed to do something and I asked to borrow your drum do you remember because mm -hmm. I didn't have a drum at the time now I do have a drum because I knew that she just needed to to drop she just needed to get some stuff out and yeah and that really helped it's little bits and pieces like that so everything it's different for every single person but it, being able to read them and being able to support them on their journey yeah it's really amazing to be able to do and sit with someone and know what to say or what not to say or how to hold them sometimes not saying something is even more important than saying something isn't it yeah so I think for me that a birth keeper means holding together all of that wisdom and being responsible for 
keeping the wisdom of birth alive and the doula in is yeah serving it's that's that, that it's being that servant which is a wonderful gift to give people too wow that was beautiful you have a wonderful way with words Jess yeah, well you make me feel comfortable so that helps <laughs> so what are you doing at the moment what's going on in in life at the moment for you so I um I've just I've just come off call for somebody mm. and I'm going back on call in a couple of weeks time which is nice so it's always nice to have a little bit of time away from your phone um because especially if you're on call for a long time you can feel like you're attached to it and I don't know if yeah exactly Oh, and, <laughs> and with the kids you know I don't want them to grow up thinking that I'm perma attached to my phone so it's quite nice to have bits of time when I'm not I'm just on zoom instead <laughs> um, but yeah so I'm between births about to go back on call I've started to work in a different way so um I used to teach group hypnobirthing courses and I am not teaching them anymore I've stopped teaching them from really the beginning of lockdown. So this time last year was my last group face-to-face -face hypnobirthing course. So I'm no longer teaching group hypnobirthing courses. And that's been a big decision for me because that was like my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. And that is how I came into this work. So it feels like a big transition to then be leaving that behind, certainly that group hypnobirthing um work and that's for a number of reasons and the pandemic kind of just exacerbated all of that for me um I just felt totally drained from teaching hypnobirthing courses because I just felt like I was giving people all of this information but I didn't have the time to go in to what specific people needed on the course and I knew that I wanted to do deeper work with people mm. and that's just not something that you can do in that kind of group setting you don't have time you have a syllabus to go through and it's like a checklist and being so empathetic I can sit in there and I can read and see and kind of have a feeling of what people need and then not being able to give that because there's just not enough time there's like two hours a session um I just, it was really, I found it really draining and really disheartening when they then didn't call in that support and then went on to, that affected their births and I felt responsible for it, even though it wasn't my responsibility and you can't work with everybody, I found it really difficult to know that the whole course hadn't been enough. Do you still implement your hypnobirthing with your clients one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, so I still work with people one to one and I would teach like small groups. If people came to me saying I they're in an NCT group or I don't know, their mates having a baby, I'd definitely run smaller sessions. But I think it's it just felt wrong the hip that I was trying to get people along to hypnobirthing classes and trying to sell it and all the marketing around it and it just doesn't it doesn't feel comfortable for me. I just constantly I, I constantly felt like you know, I was trying to sell something. I was like being a salesperson to, to fill up my courses when I don't want that. I want people to come to me because they know that I keep the wisdom mm. and they want to come and they're happy to pay me because they know that we live in a capitalist society and that's what happens. 
um, rather than worrying about numbers and doing offers and things like that, which just doesn't feel right for me, just doesn't feel right. So I've stopped teaching hypnobirthing so that I can work with people and provide like bespoke birth education. So I now teach, I do teach people one-to-one, not just hypnobirthing, but biomechanics of the pelvis, active birth, relaxation for birth, physiology of birth, birth planning, cesarean birth, all kinds of different things antenatally. But the important thing is that it's driven by what they need. So we put together programs of work that are down to the individual, which is so much better. Um, And the hypnobirthing that I teach is with birth sense. And I really, really value that as a program of work because it's written by a doula who's a hypnotherapist. So she's bringing in those different elements to the syllabus. And, you know, it's taught me so much about how the brain works and how important hypnobirthing is because, and I stopped teaching off the shelf, like commercial hypnobirthing type courses quite a long time ago. I've been teaching birth sense for a while because they, I just feel like there's so much more that you need to know. This really just scratches the surface and you can listen to all the MP3s that you want and affirmations and you can shine it all up with twinkly fairy lights, but there's some truth that you need to know mm-hmm. and there's some, you know, unlearning that you need to do and relearning, which just isn't covered in that way. So it's much deeper work that I do and it, it sends people on a journey of self-discovery and it, yeah it changes their lives it totally changes their lives so I I um, provide birth education and I also work with people who had suffered who have suffered birth trauma as well and I do that and I I suppose you would call it coaching I coach people so I tend to be a magnet for new doulas and <laughs> sometimes when new doulas have started they will come to me and ask bits and pieces and I think my nature just comes out where I just want to doula them too and I really really enjoy working with new doulas and I'm hoping that I will become a mentor this year like officially so I kind of like coach people and mentor people unofficially. Developing doula mentors or with doula UK? I think I'm, I would I think I'll do it with DD mm-hmm. so yeah I'm just kind of feeling into that now so I'm looking forward to doing that but aside from that as well I work with people sometimes who aren't even pregnant who want a bit of an ear and a little bit of coaching and yeah so that's that is how I work and I try to bring all of my learnings into that on all of my different practices shared care I think can be really amazing for some people and it's not for everybody as a doula and also as a client so I've had before when I could only work shared care because my youngest um I could I just couldn't leave her at night she was you know perma on the boob and I can now thank goodness but um it worked for me, but I did still have people coming to me and asking me about doula and I really clicked with them. And then 
and we, I'd always talk about shared care up front and for whatever reason they felt that that wasn't for them then I would signpost them on to somebody else so it has to be right for everybody it's not just a case of and, and, and conversely as well people will come to me and say so I've just had a client come to me actually and want to book again and it was a shared care client and I would have happily worked sole care for her but she wanted to work shared care and that's absolutely fine and um, because that's what we worked before and she knew how awesome it was so essentially with shared care you have two doulas on call for you and as a doula you have somebody who you're working with which is a sister like but she'll have a different skill set so she, and she'll be her and you'll be you so you'll you'll both bring your own magic into that relationship and it creates this powerful circle of wisdom that surrounds the birthing person and their family and really really holds them deeply it's a wonderful thing to access so for me it works in all different ways so previously i've been on call in the day and my co-doula has been on call in the night because as well for the doula that i work with a lot she it was easier for her to go at night because her husband was at home and her kids were in bed and she didn't have to find childcare. but now that's all flipped around and um i don't need to be at home at night anymore <clears throat> so I can work in the day so now when I work shared care I have the flexibility to do whatever is required so that might be take a chunk of time each or it might be to take shifts or it might be so I've got a contract coming up where I'm on call for the birth but my co-doula is doing the postnatal care but we'll do the antenatals together and then I'm gonna I'll do a ceremony as well as part of that um so you're getting all different skill sets so it can be so wonderful of being able to really individualize the care with two doulas i mean obviously we individualize the care on our own if we're a sole doula but with with shared care we get to really the melting pot of options yeah definitely it's really special and it just creates this wonderful thread through your lives when you work together with clients and you attend births together and you grow and you learn so much from the people that you work with. You never ever stop learning. So yeah, it's really wonderful to work in that way. Like birth is a rite of passage for your life. You have a right to experience birth in, in your power. And we just simply aren't set up for that in many, for many reasons at the moment. And I and birth is it's a sacred ceremony. It's a transition, and it's what aside from death, birth is the hugest, biggest transformation in your own life as a birthing person, mm -hmm. and the life coming into the world as well. And and it's a ceremony, and that doesn't mean that you have to be at home or you have to be free birthing. You know, it's a ceremony in theatre. It's a ceremony on the CLU, the consultant-led unit. It's a ceremony on the midwife-led unit. And thinking about that and how powerful that is for birth and what that means to you. And ceremony will mean something different to everybody as well. So some of my work is to create ceremony. So I create ceremony antenatally during birth holding that space and then postnatally as well 
So it's really important as humans that we experience that ceremony because it, it transforms people's lives and it has a huge impact on babies as well. Storytelling is where we where we find this power and this wisdom and, and what you're doing is you're creating space for people to tell stories this is the modern day version of us sitting around a fire yeah i didn't actually have a candle oh it's this is the modern day version of us sitting around a fire and learning and passing and the wisdom of, of passing that wisdom and so you're a facilitator in that everybody has their roles and bringing everybody bringing that together and bringing that wisdom together is so important it's important to sit back sometimes we have to sit back don't we and hold that space but yes the stories that's when stories unfold when they're given space to you're awesome you really offer so much for your clients and it's it's really special the way that you speak and the passion that you hold for birth keeping and doulaing just shines through and yeah. pleasure to be talking to you and an absolute pleasure to know you and to be one of the sisters yeah.